When it comes to buying your first home, everyone has questions. Can we even afford to buy a house right now? Well, I need to negotiate. How do I even negotiate? Luckily, a REMAX agent has answers. Hey, Brian, those are really good questions. They are? Thanks. It's my first time buying. I work with first-time buyers all the time. I got you. REMAX agents have more experience than other real estate agents. Visit REMAX.com or download the REMAX app to find the right agent. The right agent can lead the way. Each office independently owned and operated. Ever wondered how a book gets made into a movie? Or how to master the art of cooking? Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. On our podcast, we're going to be serving you a fresh perspective of the entertainment industry alongside our favorite celebrity guests. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. It's Pharrell on the bench. I believe in whipped cream with everything. All right, Pharrell on the bench. Uh, so the Broncos signed a deal with FanDuel and the first NFL team to sign a sportsbook deal. And, of course, FanDuel becomes an official uh, sports betting partner, uh, and they'll uh, give new uh, Colorado bettors a Broncos plus 30 spread for week one, uh, plus 100 max bet of 50. So uh, it's very exciting that they're uh, getting involved uh, with the Broncos and with, uh, you know, they're uh, trying to secure and line up the same, uh, it would appear to me, types of deals with uh, probably every single team in the league. Uh, at least where there's uh, obviously legalized sports betting. I believe in the process and, and progress of expanding to every state in the country. Now, I'm sure there's some backward-ass states that aren't going to uh, catch on or sign on or want any part of anyone giving them advice. They don't listen to anyone. People uh, you know, beat to their own drums, these states, these politicians and these governments in these states and these governors, they, you know, beat to their own drum and they make their own rules. And uh, it's amazing to me. Like, I, I will never understand, obviously, uh, the, you know, Carver High, like New York and New Jersey, right? So the Meadowlands is in New Jersey. It's in East Rutherford. And they have the Vandal Sportsbook there. And it is the, it is raking money. It is absolutely raking. And then the state of New York is flat broke. They got a governor over there crying about everything. You know, he can't pay anybody. Uh, the the MTA's broke. The police are broke. The city's broke. All the cities and, and uh, you know, municipalities in the state are broke. Uh, nobody has anything. Uh, you know, they're, they're trillions in debt. And then <laughs> they don't have sports betting, which makes a fortune. And it makes an absolute fortune. I get it. That's fine. You may be right. And I just know this. Sports betting is going to be making everyone billions of dollars while the rest of you clowns are broke. So enjoy having nothing and having no food. Have fun. Have you written a book and need some insight into what comes next? Or are you passionate about cooking and want to know how to make it your career? Or maybe you just want to hear insider stories about the entertainment industry. Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. 
And on our podcast, Two Guys from Hollywood, we bring our expertise to the table with, of course, delicious cocktails and all kinds of recipes for you to try at home. So grab a drink and join us. We've got a wide range of celebrity guests and Hollywood insiders to discuss pop culture, publishing, and entertainment. And we'll provide you with an unfiltered and sometimes brutally honest show about Hollywood. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. Um, so anyway, um, so what I did was just so you know, uh, I went and I pulled all the, uh, like I pulled out all the cords, I rebooted it and like, I, I disconnected everything and plugged it back in. And then I started over and then like Carver High dialed me up again and, and here we are. So we're hoping for the best now. We're hoping for uh, help from above, like a higher power. We're, we're hoping that God will look down upon us here and give us some Wi-Fi and Ethernet love. Some, you know, systematic, they've been talking about systemic failure. That's what I'm having here. <laughs> having systemic failure in here. And I just need some love. I just need a little love. Because the people want Pharrell on a bench. They got, oh, they want a little love. They just want a little love. 844-843-6879 to get on the bench. I believe we have Jeff in Iowa with us this evening. Hi, Scott. How you doing tonight? Hey, buddy. Hey, you know what? You're my favorite of all. I mean, every day. I listen to you every day, all right? Thanks, man. You know what? Yeah. But, I mean, do you agree with me? Like, yesterday wasn't a bad day. I mean, for the golf and the NASCAR. It was a good NASCAR race. It was a good, I mean, a good, like, golf event, right? And it was on, like, world television, right? I mean, I mean that's what Listen, we needed, right? I, I agree with you. Look, uh, <laughs> Carver Hodge is pouring beers. Uh, I'm just glad we have the Ferella Pub up and running again because Carver High got Jeff one. He got himself one. And at this point, I'm ready for one because uh, here's the deal. I, I have to tell you, I, I am... I'm not going to be as nice as you about like the golf and NASCAR. Okay. Like, so, uh, I I just, I'm not that into it. So like I enjoy, I watched the golf on Saturday and I thought the leaderboard was stacked and I, you know, there's six way tie going into Sunday. I saw that. I was like, this is pretty good. And then I just, I'm going to be honest with you. I did not. Uh, and Saturday I played ball. So I played ball in the morning and then, you know, I'm chilling in the afternoon. I'm watching golf and, and I'm like, all right, with it, I'm okay with it. I was checking it out and I, you know, I, I watched it here and there and whatever. And then I, I thought this is pretty good. I'm all right with this. And then Sunday, I'm going to just be honest with you. I didn't watch one minute of it. 
not one minute. And then uh, I did not win or, or watch one minute of NASCAR. And uh, here's how much I've watched NASCAR races since they've uh, started running again. Like I haven't watched one lap. Okay. So, uh, but I did hit Marty Truex at plus 650 to win in Martinsville. And I hit Denny Hamlin plus a thousand on Sunday in Miami. So I have hit two NASCAR races in a row for you fans that like betting on on NASCAR. Now, if you have, uh, if you bet on NASCAR, which I believe people do, uh, I think you need to be in a rubber room. Okay, I just don't, I don't understand. And now the fact that I hit a couple races, congratulations, good for you. Because I don't, I just don't get it. Like, who in their right mind? I, I, I could see some prop bets, whatever, and where it might excite you. Fair enough. I could see it, but I just don't get it. Like there's, what is there? 43 drivers. I could be wrong about all this. And you're trying to pick one guy to win it. It's just, it's brutal to me. You know, same thing with golf, head to head golf betting, have at it. You know what I mean? Like we're always trying to pick the winner in the field of a golf tournament, a major or or a big golf tournament that isn't a major, like the, whatever the players or the FedEx or whatever it is, you know, it depends on which tournament is colonial or Muirfield village you know, or Harbor town, whatever it is, they play everywhere, you know? So, uh, the Northern trust, all these tournaments trying to pick the winner of it is just absolutely brutal. Like I get into betting on football and, you know, college bro, like I know who's playing, you got a game. There's a, there's a competition, NBA, two teams, make a bet, spread money line, hockey, two teams playing. You might do the puck line. You're going to do the money line. You're going to pick a winner. Uh, you know, same thing, baseball. I'm going to pick a, a bet. I'm going to pick who's going to win the game. I'm going to, you know, some people bet the first five innings. Fair enough. Right. I get all that, but I, you know, I don't, this is just me. I'm not in tennis. Are you kidding me? Golf. I mean, I've always said, listen, I like golf. I do. I'm going to go golf on Sunday. Uh, that's fine. Big deal. I'm still not a fan. I, I really don't understand. Like, I like golf. I do. But, you know, watching golf for five hours, watching a golf ball fly through the air for five hours uh, in the blue sky in, in Arlington or Fort Worth, wherever the hell it was, it just is, you know, it's not that appealing to me. It just isn't. Now, that's just me. I'm not trying to say you can't enjoy it or you shouldn't enjoy it or don't watch it. I've never said that. I told you I've been to a million NASCAR races. It doesn't mean I like uh, NASCAR. I like the party. I like the infield. I like the craziness. I like the wild keggers and barbecues and music and, you know, strippers. I mean, I'm all for just a good time. Cool, right? I, but it doesn't mean I like watching the, the 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 racing. I just don't get into it. I've been to 13 Indy 500s. Doesn't mean I like IndyCar racing. Uh, but I like going. I think it's a cool experience. Uh, I'll go to anything. I, I went to the U.S. Open a few times in, in uh, tennis at, at Flushing and I, you know, in New York. I think it's an amazing event. And, you know, uh, I've I've been there late at night for the night session and sat up in the top deck with all my friends getting drunk and smoking uh, and having a good time. But I didn't I could care less. <laughs> I could care less about it. I'm not going to bet on it. Uh, that's just me, though. That's just me. So going back, my long winded uh, answer is, I, you know, I, I wanted uh, to watch and I just couldn't get into it. And I couldn't get into, you know, I don't watch NASCAR races. So, uh, and I got to tell you, these baseball players going to war, these owners and players going to war, these owners and commissioner threatening to end it all and have no season. 
uh, and just you know, players, uh, you know, they they turned down every offer. The owners turned down every. I'm sick and tired of it. I'm sick and tired of it. You know what? Take your season and stick it in your garage, right up your garage. Just stick it right in there like an enema bag and just shove it right in there and just absolutely ram it in there because I'm I'm done. I don't care what you do. I can promise you this. If they literally cancel this baseball season because we're jumping for sports, right? We're jumping for sports. If I'm not going to get sports, done. Now, I, I, will, I will dedicate my life to bashing, literally bashing baseball players until I literally get fired. I will bash them and that lame-ass, pathetic, idiot one commissioner of theirs until they finally pull me off the air. I will dedicate my life to bashing them every day until people want me dead. Because I'm sick and tired of them. And, I, and don't tell me I'm the only person that's sick and tired of it. Don't tell me I'm the only fan that's sick and tired of baseball players and, and the owner's billionaires. It's never enough. It is just never enough. You know what? The world we're living in today, nobody has a job. Is there anywhere in some rich billionaire crying about money? Don't you just want to punch him in the face, steal their yacht, and steal their wife, and sleep with her? Don't you just want to do it? Because I'm sick and tired of rich, and, and you can inject swear words here right now into this. Just inject swearing. I'm so sick and tired. Of this guy, I honestly, he, he makes my skin crawl, this Rob Manfred guy, with his smug face. I can't even look at him. I want to smack him in the face. And I mean it. You can quote me on that. I'm sick of his snotty, smug, stuck-up, rich lawyer ass. Is he not the epitome of the guy that you can't stand with all the money and the big highfalutin job and his fancy car and his big house and his fat wife? I'm sick and tired of him. I hope he rots in hell. I hope they cancel the whole thing and never play baseball against the rest of mankind. Screw them. Hey, everyone, it's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys. And I'd love for you to join me. I'm still on my own journey, but I want to be transparent with you because as I was posting all the highlights of my life on social media, I was breaking down. And too many people fall victim to the picture-perfect image of the high life. So I created a space to discuss the good and the bad. We can laugh, man. We, we gonna learn. And most of all, I hope to inspire you to go on this journey with me to better mental health. This is gonna be your church, your turn up, and everything in between. So join me on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, a safe space for every kind of person. Listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so... um Needless to say, I'm uh, I've already I've already jumped the shark on Rob Manfred. I'm done with him. I don't like him and I, I don't I'm not sure I ever will. And I think like when I see him doing these like silver slugger awards with Trout on TV and acting all phony like he's friends with him. Stop. 
Like uh, the only guy, I, I honestly believe that that Silver gets along with NBA players in some capacity or another. For now, okay. So for, what I'm seeing is, for now, he's like buddy buddy with the players because he's only been on the job a few years, right? David Stern uh, was on it forever, right? And when David Stern was on it, you know, by the end, you can't even tell me he was. He's like ruling with an iron fist. At the end, he was like just another powerful commissioner that the players didn't like. They found him to be a dork and a nerd, right? In the end, they're like, we can't even deal with this guy. And then respectfully, I know he passed away. I'm going to say that the new guy, whenever a new guy comes in there, everyone's respectful to the new boss, the new head of the school, the new police chief, the new, you know, everything, new doctor, you got a new lover. Everybody's nice, new girlfriend, new boyfriend at the beginning. Everybody's always nice in the beginning. And then eventually they grow on you like a weed and you want to cut them off. And I think that right now people are just like, oh, you know, we love Adam Silver, the player. He's the player's commissioner. No, that's just short term. Trust me. Ask Gary Bettman what it's like. I mean, that guy doesn't have a friend in the world except his lapdog, Bill Daly. Right. He sucks up to him because he knows it's his job next. So he's been trailing him around like a puppy for 30 years. I'm telling you, in, in 10 years, Silver, they'll hate him, too. Uh, but it didn't take me long to hate Manfred. He just comes across as the guy you just want to punch him in the face. And I see him taking pictures with players like Trout wins the Silver Slugger, and he's standing there with him like he's his buddy. You're not his buddy. He wants nothing to do with you. And the proof's in the pudding. They're at war now. And he is siding 110% with the owners. He could, he absolutely, he's on, he's bent over. He's bent over for him. He's completely bent over. It's like a porno. Watching that guy, and then today he comes out and says it's it, they're you know they're not going to play baseball, and, and you know it, it, and then the players said they're disgusted by the backtracking. Anyway, there's so much going on besides that. I can't even deal with it anymore. Yeah, Malcolm Jenkins has joined CNN as a uh, social justice contributor. Now they've created uh, those jobs on television, at least. So uh, we're going to hear from Malcolm Jenkins on CNN a lot. And um, we already know how that works, right? That Fox is all the way to the right. <laughs> CNN's all the way to the left. We know how that works. So they're going to open up. What they want to do is CNN spends their whole day talking bad about Trump. And Fox spends all day, uh, you know, talking good about him. Same with MSNBC. They're on the, they're on the left. So uh, they're going to put this guy on because they'll say anything like they do their entire day of broadcasting. All they do is slam the Republicans and, and slam Trump. And I'm not into politics. I watch it from afar. Just they all make me sick to my stomach. So I'm not a fan of it at all. I hate all of them. I can't stand politicians. So the only I, I told you, the only one I like. There's a couple of them I can deal with, a couple of them. Like, I'm friends with Gavin Newsom. I love Gavin. He's a great guy. I like him as a guy, like a, a buddy, a pal, as someone I know, as someone I, I admire as a friend, not as a politician, right? I, I just don't know him as the politician, even though I've always known him as a politician. I've I've known him more as just a cool dude that I'm friends with, right? 
So fair enough. And then Murphy. I liked him. He came on my show in Jersey and talked about sports betting. So I I think the guy's pretty cool. Although I you know, he is also as political as anybody else. He's like a politician right out of a snapshot of politician's handbook. So he's not fooling me either. But I, I like the guy. I don't have a problem with him. But I'm not Mr. Murphy's, you know, politics that I'm following everything he does or anything like that. But whatever. So now they're gonna have Malcolm Jenkins on CNN talking bad about um, Donald Trump. That's what he's going to do. He's going to talk bad about cops. He's going to talk bad about social uh, injustices. And uh, I don't blame him. How about it? Chris Doyle, the Iowa reach. Uh, he's the coach, right? They finally uh, reached an agreement on. He's the strength. And They've reached an agreement. All right. To fire him. <laughs> That's what that is. Uh, he's out. That's what he is. They've reached an agreement for him to leave. They always try to do that at the end. It was an amicable divorce. Everybody's fine. We're all getting along here. As long as she gets the house and kids. <laughs> I mean, and all the money. And, and 50% of everything and all the money and all the house, all the kids and everything else. And then, uh, you know, that that's a, it's an amicable situation. We, we've parted ways amicably, which is a nice way of saying we're lying. <laughs> How do you uh, break off a relationship? How, how do you amicably end a relationship where it's uh, fueled by racism? <laughs> Does this make any sense to anybody? Like, seriously, like, the guy was a racist in the football program. Am I wrong? Is that Carver High? That's why they got rid of him, right? That is precisely why they got rid of him. Okay, so, but then they want to tell me they had a, they've reached an agreement? <laughs> They reached an amicable agreement on his. Well, that that's uh, that, well, that's the same thing as you know we did Fer Ference today. We played that audio of him. You know, wasn't he saying a week ago that you know he's he's you know flabbergasted or you know had no idea that any of this stuff was going on at his school? But now he's saying today, I wish I treated my you know I wish I was there for my players more. So which one is it, Kirk? I mean, which one is it going to be? I you know I honestly he uh, I, I said this on the show today. I'm surprised the guy hasn't been fired. Uh, how has he survived this? Because I don't get it. I know he's been there forever. Uh, that's neither here nor there. If there was racism rampant in the program or even just in the program, not rampant, but just in it, like there was, you know, racist coaches, racist uh, strength and conditioning coach, whatever, trainers, whatever. If they had it in there and it was happening, is that not problematic? Is that not his problem? He's the head coach. I mean, look what happened to Joe Paterno. People can say whatever they want. Uh, you know, uh, his his buddies, you know, raping boys, right? And who'd they, you know, they got him, and then who'd they blame? Who, who did they blame? They blame Joe Paterno, right? And then Joe Paterno was gone, fired, and, and what? Two days later, he was dead? Am I wrong? I mean, like, no one wants to hear the ugly truths, do they? No one wants to drudge up all the old bad feelings, but that's what happened. Is that not what happened, Carver High? Yeah, as soon as all that went down and they, you know, they, you know, kind of took Joe out of the job, you know, eventually that was it for him. That was, there was nothing else left for him, and they took him down. And Sandusky was the, as we know, just the bad guy, and right. just, and but Paterno paid for it. Paterno paid for it. So, um, and then, um. So what did they do uh, at Louisville? What what did they do there? So they're having stripper parties with blow and and sex and booze and drugs, right? And then what happened to what happened to Patino? 
Fire. They got eventually. rid of him. They got rid of him eventually. They got rid of him. How does a guy that's in charge have a program with racism in it? And then he's he's talking about, we're just going to get a fresh start here. I'm just so glad. I treated the black players poorly, and we're going to start over. And then I saw today the Van I saw this guy, excuse me, uh, what's his name? Gundy? Is that his name? Uh, I'm watching it right now. Mike Gundy and Chubba Hubbard. Uh, Chubba Hubbard called him out saying he's wearing this this right wing fascist television network show that is, uh, I guess, offends the players or offends the blacks or whoever it offends. But it offended the kid enough to slam his coach. And then what? Four hours later, they were doing a stand up PSA together talking about how much they loved each other. Believe me, I'll run the clip tomorrow on Coast to Coast so you can see it for yourself. The one guy's like, uh, the coach is like, I, I am so sorry I offended everybody. We had some dialogue today. We figured it all out. Then they let Chubba Hubbard talk, and he's like, I should have been a man and gone straight to the coach instead of slamming him on social media. So I don't care if he slammed him. I don't care if the guy wore a T-shirt. All I know is uh, it's funny to me how you know one guy you know can solve his problems, just be straight up. And then the other guy can have racism running through his program, or at least some semblance of it. I mean, if they, look, if they fired the guy because of racism, then they got a racism problem. Do they not? I mean, they didn't fire him because he picks daisies. So now they're showing the guy. They part ways with the strength coach uh, and mistreatment of uh, players and racism. But he wasn't making them bad uh, flapjacks in the morning. So they didn't fire him because he's a bad cook. They fired him because of the way he treated players. So they fight, got rid of is he not is he not working for Ferens? I so I mean Kurt's the greatest guy ever. We got let's just fire this guy. We'll leave Kurt alone. He's got nothing to do with it. So I at some level, isn't there like it's funny how they'll fire anyone, but they they let these CEOs and these bosses and these powerful people. It's the way the world works, right? Powerful people with money get away with murder, and everybody else suffers the consequences. And then, and you don't have the power or the money to fight them, and then they blow you out in court or sue you until you're uh, you lose your whole family and everything you own. I'm not even making it up. I mean, this stuff's pretty easy to figure out, isn't it? Um, so much going on. Uh, Barkley says it'd be catastrophic mistake for NBA not to finish the season or for players to blow it off. And then you got guys like Kyrie Irving convincing people not to go play in Orlando. And uh, I heard that one of the reasons, frankly, that Kyrie Irving is doing that was because he's just bitter because literally this is what I heard, that he's not allowed to go because he's not going to play. He's injured. He had shoulder surgery. He's not playing. Neither is KD. Neither one of them are playing. So they're not allowed to go. Few people as possible are allowed to go be in the bubble. Only the fewest numbers can go. So he can't go. So he's like, now he's convincing everybody else, don't go. All right, so uh, for all on the bench, 844-843-6879. I saw some people confused and, and stoned or whatever of how, why, how we're doing this and, and asking questions. It's, it's pretty simple. 
really like, let's just, you know, clear this up a little bit. Every night at 10 o'clock, I do this till midnight. Okay. So go on the YouTube Sports Grid radio page and you can watch it. Right. <laughs> What's so hard about that? And then, yes, I mean, the number's right in your face. Call it. Call the number right in front of your face. And, and I even give it out on the air. 844-843-6879. 844-843-6879. Boom, you're on the air. There you go. What's the problem? Then, you understand, the shows air overnight on Sports Grid Radio overnight. I'm on at 1 to 3 a.m. I'm on at, uh, you know, and then you got Morenci, Sports Rage, 3 to 5. And then you got Wetzel, Bagels and Bad Beats, 5 to 7 a.m. Boom, everybody's happy, right? So there you go. Those guys are great. Great shows. Everybody's styling. It's kick-ass. We're, you know, taking names. Everybody's Gandhi. There's nothing to worry about. If it's real, you know, complicated for you, you know, uh, I recommend a vaporizer or something. <laughs> and then just drink like two or three beers and just sit back and roll with it, baby. Roll tide. You'll be good. Antonio Brown may have to wait a while to play again. Gee, you think? Is he not like all kinds of uh, like suspensions and everything from the league for all of his behavior and issues? I mean, that's the deal. It's not that he can't play. It's not that he can't light you up. No one can stop him. The guy still got it completely. Incidentally, I mean, this guy will completely do anyone in the league. There's really still, in my opinion, when he played for the Patriots, remember he played for like one game and it took him, what, three minutes to score a touchdown? The guy is a great player. There's no denying that. But he's such a mess up, such an idiot, that he's done all these criminal things and all these issues off the field and rap sheet and everything else. He's done so many stupid things that he's got to pay the piper, right? He's got to pay for his sins. And that's it. He just pled guilty to all these crimes last week, and now he wants to play, and everybody thinks he's going to play, and he keeps teasing that he's got a gig that he's going to announce or line up. He's got something going. But the problem is he's got to get past Roger Goodell and the NFL. He's got to get them to reinstate him. Now, remember, I'll say this. They've been reinstating everybody and their brother, haven't they? Alden Smith, it goes on and on. I mean, they're reinstating everybody. So. I think, and they're even saying, Kaepernick, give him a job. It don't matter who you are now. They're going to let you back in. I don't deny that they'll uh, give Antonio Brown another chance. I think that that could actually come to uh, fruition. But I think that um, it's gonna. it might take a little while. They might make him miss a few games or something. I don't think it's just going to be butter. I don't think he's just going to slide in like butter and no problem, right? So, um there's so many. Uh, these are a lot of the things even we'll be talking about tomorrow on Coast to Coast. The WNBA is going to play a, a season in Bradenton, Florida. I think at IMG Academy is, is basically what I'm getting out of that because there's nowhere else in Bradenton to play, right? IMG's got the hookup. That place is badass. One of my buddy's brother, my buddy's brother, runs the basketball program there. So I know the guy. He's been on my show before. You remember that, Carbride, the guy Bardo? Yeah, I remember him. Sends the whole basketball IMG Academy. And it's, I mean, any, any kid that goes plays ball down there goes pro. Just so you know. They all go uh, D1 and pro. I mean, that's what happens there. If you make it to that place and play ball, you're, you're going, you have a really good chance of going. 
So the WNBA is going to play there. So God bless them. Have at it. Cleveland wants to re-sign Tristan Thompson in the offseason. I only have one question. Why? Why would you re-sign that hack? I mean, honest to God, is he not done? He is toast. What does he do besides suck? I mean, honestly, I mean, I'll give you he rebounds a little bit or does whatever. He runs up and down the floor, I guess. And they pay him hundreds of millions of dollars to do nothing. I mean, I know he gets a few rebounds. Would you, Seriously, would you re-sign him to some deal? For what? His five points? What What does he give you? Honestly, like, I, I played Saturday. I must have scored 1,000 points in an hour and a half. I, I'm, I'm 55 years old. I'm 6'3", 220, and I produce more than him. In the in the hood, I'm out in the I'm out in the parks lighting people up, and this guy he couldn't hit a five foot shot if it hit him in the face. He couldn't hit the ocean from the beach. Like at some point, if I'm going to give a guy hundreds of millions of dollars, I need some buckets, son. I, I can't just pay a guy because he rebounds and sleeps with celebrities. You know what I mean? I don't care who his lovers are and who his kids are. I don't care who his baby is. I really don't. I don't care where he eats in Hollywood. I don't care if he's on TMZ. I really, I don't. Carver High knows it's true. I only want ballers that finish, that get it done. What do you do on the floor every night? Listen, I won't deny the guy has, I guess, given it his all in Cleveland. I mean, I guess he's been okay. I mean, I'm not going to. I'm not going to act like he's like, do you seriously, Carbride, do you disagree with me? He's, what, he's no superstar. He wants to, they're thinking about resigning him for what? For what reason? He's, a, he's I mean, he's a good, uh, like, fifth or sixth piece on a potential championship team. Like, he's a good, like, he ain't no star. He ain't, he ain't like, if I was building a team and I said, all right, I want to get three guys who I could take to try to win a title. He is not one of the guys that I'm going to put on that list and be like, this is the guy that I want right here. Tristan you're, right about, you're right about one thing. He's the fifth or sixth choice off the end of the bench for me. I'd be like, okay, listen, uh, hey, Fatso, come in here, play. Hey, you, Shorty, get in there. Hey, you, no teeth, go. All right, you, uh, skinny rail that hasn't got a rebound all year, get in there. All right, hey, you with the broken ankle. Get in there. And then wait. Oh, I got to put you in. All right, Thompson, get in there. <laughs> I'm just not, I'm not, I'm not impressed with him. I'm not like, okay, he's had his 10 or 12 rebound games. Honestly, if you play enough, like, does he not get enough burn that he could get 10 rebounds every night? Like, he only plays 5 million minutes. Uh, uh, you know what I mean? Like, does he not give you a rebound just because he's out there? I mean, I don't understand the fascination with him. People, listen, no social life. That's why they're they're fascinated by his social life. I know that he's an institution in Cleveland. The fans love him. Congratulations. Here's a newsflash for you. The reason why they won was LeBron James and no other reason. (laughs) There was absolutely no other reason. What's next? You're going to tell me they had some great coach or something? I mean. What's next? Yeah, I, here's another one for you. The fans, the fans in Cleveland mean more to that team than he does. <laughs> they won more because of the fans than they did him playing. 
him playing is a disaster. Am I wrong, Carver? High, seriously, do you like his game? No, I don't like his game. I think he's a hack. So I don't. I will sleep really well tonight, knowing that I just spent five minutes shredding Tristan Thompson. I, what do I no, care but about? The, his but game? the best thing is, is that we'll probably have that. You know, maybe we'll have that on the sheet for tomorrow. You know, and and I, now I have to ask you tomorrow during coast to coast <laughs> the same way you did. I'm just gonna say Tristan Thompson. What you know, the Cavs want to get, and I'm just gonna say to you why, and you just go ahead and do the same. We'll do it again tomorrow. Vegas Golden Knights signed Ryan Reeves to a three and a half million two year extension. And he doesn't fight anyone. I guess that he's imposing. I guess that he hits people a little bit. I, I know that he's. Uh, they fear him. Fair enough. But we're not playing in a in an age of worrying about goons and fighting and people taking your head off anymore in the NHL. Are we, Carver? I like. I you know I saw him score a goal off a faceoff. I almost keeled over and died when I saw the guy score a goal because I think he's a hack too. Now, even when he was on the Penguins, I never thought he was worth uh, spit. I just, I was like, this guy, what's he going to do besides turn over the puck and get burned because he's slow. So I never once thought he was like some star player and you know, they're paying him three and a half million for two years. He's basically worthless. Right? Am I wrong? But meanwhile, Vegas treats him like some kind of side or star. Three and a half million for two years means you make no money in the NHL. You realize that, right? Yeah, I mean, he'll fight somebody, but he'll only fight somebody who he knows he can beat. He's not going to fight somebody that he can't beat. Yeah, whatever. I, I, was he ever that good of a fighter? I, listen, I've had, I know, 50 fight better than him. No offense. I, I just, you know, whatever. I'm not, like, keeled over because I said I signed him. He's got a nice gig, right? Like, if I'm him, I'm, oh, this is cushy. I get to stay in Vegas. Like, every guy in the league, they won't admit it, but I think secretly every guy in the league wants to be traded to the Vegas Golden Knights. They're, like, the hottest team in the NHL in terms of uh, players want to play there. They want to play there. It used to be like they wanted to play in, uh, believe it or not, believe it or not, guys are to play one time or another. They did want to play in Tampa and in Florida. They wanted to live there with their families and live in the sunshine. Anaheim, L.A., they wanted to play in those places. Phoenix, there's a lot of guys that wanted to play there just because they could golf, right? And then the other one's like, I don't want to live in Detroit. Now, you want to win rings, you live in Detroit, you live in Boston, you live in, you know, New York, whatever, places that, you know, are freezing cold, whatever, that have a, a history and not so much New York. I'll give the Islanders their respect. They've won a bunch of cups. But I'm talking, like, you know, Rangers won a cup in 94, whatever. But Boston, they're in the finals a lot. And places like that, Detroit's won a bunch of cups and this and that. But honestly, like, players nowadays are such candy asses and such, uh, they're such prima donnas that they have to please their wives and kids. We have to be in a really good situation with country clubs and school systems. Now, listen, Roger, you're going to have to get a job and we're going to, we, you know, I can, as long as we don't go to that, that damn strip, as long as you promise me, we're not going to go into that, that strip and go to those casinos gambling with little uh, Ginger and Billy. We're going to listen as long as it's, it's hockey only and stay focused. Now you got to get me into Red Rocks. I need a membership at the country club and I, I'm going to need to, uh, I'm going to need to shop at Fendi and, and, and Yves Saint Laurent. I need to do these things, but there's not going to be any gambling and there's going to be no strip clubs and hookers for you. So if you want to sign that deal in Vegas, go ahead. But I prefer Tampa. Now, I like laying at the pool, Jim. You know I love you. Barely. I just love the money. So there you go. And that all started with a guy that does nothing on the ice. And they still gave him all the money. Congratulations. It brings a lot the of energy. Brings a lot Thank of energy. You. Texas kickoff opener featuring Baylor and Ole Miss has been moved from Saturday to Sunday. A lot of good that'll do. <laughs> you know, they're, wor they're worried about the Hanta. So what we're going to do is we're not going to cancel the game. 
We're not going to take extra precautions. We're not going to do testing on Saturday. What we're going to do is we're going to move the game to the holy day. <laughs> we're going to play on Sunday. We're going to play, and you know what we're going to do? We're going to play at 1 o'clock right up against the NFL. And we're hoping that absolutely not a person on the face of the earth either watches us or attends the game. <laughs> because, oh, there's no NFL that day? Okay, I'll double down. People still won't go and watch. <laughs> Who cares? Like, they're moving it from Saturday to Sunday. Whose idea was that? The, the athletic director. Nice move today, Marv. What'd you do? I moved the game from Saturday to Sunday. Just as a precaution. <laughs> ACC coach apparently has told our friend Goody that they're going to propose leagues uh, schools play against the historically black colleges and universities on Martin Luther King Day. So they're going to allegedly, they're, I think, drum up a game with these schools uh, instead of the hack games they play already. All right, so Thompson averaged uh, in his career nine points, eight rebounds, one dime. He averaged 28 uh, minutes a game, so he plays a lot because he's big, right? Fair enough. And he's had a, a nice groove there. But uh, the bottom line is, if you go over his career, he basically is in the neighborhood of eight points to 10 points, right? So that's why he's like nine, four, and eight, seven. Bottom line is, last year he was 12 and 10, so he was a double-double. So I credit him for finally double-doubling when you play 30 minutes a game and you can finally put in 12 and 10. What a miracle. Just so you know, I play, uh, as you know, I play tons of ball. I scored nine minutes in the first two minutes of the game. I score. I have 90 points by halftime. I play so much basketball. I score. I go to the hole every time I get it. I, I, I got people hacking me, taking my arms off, legs, kicking me, punching me, scratching me, gouging my eyes out, pulling my teeth out. And I could drop nine points a game. If I play 30 minutes a game, I'm dropping 25 a game. I'm not even lying. Nine points a game, you're a wussy. I don't care who you are. If you're as big as him, which he's a big boy. If you're as big and wide body as him and as strong as him and powerful and such a great rebounder, I would dominate. I mean, honestly, I've said this before. If I was 6'10 and, and 285, 290, whatever it is, and, and I was playing in the low blocks, I can guarantee if I was 6'10 and, and almost 300 pounds or whatever, and I was long and I had arm plane wing type you know, reach, I would swat shots, rebound, and dunk, and drop. I, I'd drop 20 points a night, 20 and 10 automatic. If you're seven foot tall, if you're six eight, six ten, seven foot tall, and you're a wide body, and you're banging, and you're strong, and, and ripped, and muscular, and you can and absolutely get violent in the low blocks, you can score. I mean, I, I'd be scoring 25 a night if I was that big. Like DeMarcus Cousins, when he was healthy, the guy five in five seconds. So bottom line is, you scored nine in your career and you're that big. You suck. <laughs> so keep on that. See you tomorrow on Coast to Coast, 4 p.m. Eastern.